Albertsons is your entertainment end zone. Look for the Game On player tags when you shop. Buy three and enter to win great prizes like a 65-inch big screen LED TV. Catch the Ram spirit with the Game On sweepstakes at Albertsons. For great sandwiches, get Nature's Harvest Bread 20-ounce selected varieties and Orwee Bread 24-ounce selected varieties, just $2.99 each. No purchase necessary. Open to residents of Southern California counties listed in rules 18 years and older. Ends January 3rd, 2017. Enter code by January 10th, 2017. Rules at GameOnSoCal.com. Hello, Mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Friends and lovers, and friends who want to be lovers. What? Oh my god, inappropriate. Uh, it's me, Heather Brooker, and this is episode 10 of Motherhood in Hollywood. And I'm officially now a profesh podcaster, I suppose, because I've made it to episode 10. Uh, I feel like there should be some kind of prize. Um, <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm dying. I have some kind of bug. I don't know if it's the allergies in the air or just my germy toddler. Uh, who might have given me something. It could be anything. Uh, but I, I anticipate being over it very soon. And uh, maybe it'll just add to the husky sexiness of my voice. Mm-hmm, that's right. Turn it up. Um, <laughs> okay, clearly I've lost my mind. I'm, I need medication. Anyway, thanks so much, you guys, for uh, tuning in to episode 10. We have a really great show today. My guest is Stephanie Drake from Mad Men. She played Meredith, Don Draper's secretary on the show. And she has uh, a lot of great things to say about her experiences with John Hamm and John Slattery and Matt Weiner on the show, as well as just uh, being an actress in Hollywood in general and what it has been like for her because she um, literally went from not working at all, not having any credits and not having any, um, you know, just maybe a couple of things on her resume to boom, being a recurring role on one of the biggest shows in Hollywood. So if you need some inspiration, guys, this is it. This is the one for you. And before we get into the interview with Stephanie, I want to take a minute to give a shout out to some of our new Twitter followers. Hello, Amy Stringfield and Justin Sorvillo, Esmeralda. Although I feel like Esmeralda might be like maybe a porn follower. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Maybe she's a fan. She's naked, half naked in her um, Twitter pic. So, uh, um, Whatever, Esmeralda. No judgment. Thanks for following me on Twitter. Um, Andy Bolt. My God, I love you so much. You're so talented and gorgeous. Hey, lady. How's it going? Carol Johnson and um, Leroy, the bed bug dog. What is that? Who is following me on Twitter, you guys? <laughs> I'm just naming like a few of the most recent followers and I'm like, Oh, good. I'm being followed by a bed bug specialist. You know what that means? I've made it. I've made it, kids. Um, and over on Instagram, I want to give a shout out to uh, Positively Social, uh, Rip and Shep's Mom, Mommy's Toolbox, and who else is on here? Uh, Anna Belly. Anna Babelli? I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, I hope so. Um, yeah, thank you guys. Cinema Jaw over on Instagram. Uh, you can follow Motherhood in Hollywood on Instagram at Motherhood in Hollywood and also on Twitter at MIH Podcast. Please take a moment and um, go find 
our social media outlets, guys. We've also been periscoping um, as well. We did a big periscope today with Stephanie, and it was a lot of fun. We were just sort of figuring it out together as we went along, and uh, I like it. I'm still getting used to all the social media stuff. I'm an old lady. I'm an old mom uh, trying to stay down with what the kids are down with. But mostly I just want to get the word out about this show because I think it's a really interesting way to hear somebody else's story and somebody else's life um, other than your own and kind of um, realize that no matter what industry you're in, you know, whether you're a lawyer, a doctor, an Indian chief, I don't know, do they still have Indian chiefs? Um, whether you're, whatever industry you're in, we're all connected in some way with our desire to want to succeed and our desire to want to do well and our same, our similar struggles and frustrations with not being able to, um, you know, oftentimes do exactly what we want to do. Um, so while this podcast was not intentionally created to be this sort of <clears throat> inspirational podcast, I kind of groan and roll my eyes at myself a little bit whenever I think about being an inspirational podcast. Um, it kind of is. Yeah, I listen, you know, I've listened back to the episodes we've had on. It's funny, you know, I, I love hearing my friends talk about their successes and, and getting to know people better and talk about the successes they've had and also the frustrations and struggles they've had as well. So I hope you guys are enjoying listening along as well. It seems like you are anyway, uh, Esmeralda, <laughs> whoever, whoever you are on Twitter, um, also, guys, a quick reminder, uh, you have one week left to enter the first Motherhood in Hollywood giveaway. That's over on iTunes. Take a moment, review the show, good or bad, whatever you want to say. Uh, give us a quick review on iTunes and you'll be entered to win our Motherhood in Hollywood giveaway. It's an Honest Company bath bundle and a Motherhood in Hollywood tote bag. It can all be yours. I'm going to announce the winner live on uh, the 21st, I believe is when it is. Let me just double check so I'm not telling tales out of school. Yes, on the 21st of September, I'm going to announce the winner live. So you guys want to make sure you're tuning in for that in case you won. Yay, winner, winner, chicken dinner. And um, yeah, a lot of fun things happening in my world. Um, enjoying life and having a great time with Channing. Oh, I want to give a special thank you to um, one of the top suggestions that I got for, um, and for, uh, potty training for Channing. Thank you to everybody who emailed and tweeted, uh, me the, uh, tips last week. I had asked for some, anybody who had any tips on, um, getting her to poop in the potty. And, um, my friend Natalie actually, <clears throat> excuse me, gave me a great tip about, uh, that she heard from a friend of hers about telling them that their poop is like going into the ocean to feed the fish and they have to poop in the potty so that the food gets to the ocean so the fish can have something to eat. Well, we've tried it for the past couple of days now. And at first she was a little confused because she's fed fish before and she knows that they get food out of a little can, fish food. But she kind of liked the idea that it was feeding the fish. So now we wave bye-bye to the poo-poo and, you know, we'll see if it sticks. Um, so thank you so much, Natalie, for that suggestion. I appreciate it. And uh, anybody else have any suggestions, you're welcome to email me at motherhoodhollywood at gmail.com and, uh, or tweet me as well. Uh, okay guys. Um, I'm so excited to, uh, talk to Stephanie today. I think you guys are really going to like, uh, what she has to say. I know I did. Uh, so here is Stephanie. My guest today is someone who I admire very much 
and loved watching all last season on Mad Men. Welcome, Stephanie Drake, everybody. Hi. 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 I'm saying everybody, like people are at their, you know, houses going, oh, Oh, they are. They are. (laughs) They're in their cars on their iPad, I'm sure, just or iPhone (laughs) clapping away. I assume that's what you're all doing right now. Um, Stephanie, thanks so much for coming by. Oh, of course. Thank you for having me. So let's get started because I know um, Mad Men is a topic you talk about a lot. So let's talk about that right off the bat. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me about your character on Mad Men. You played Meredith, right? I did. Um, sorry, my <laughs> so, nose just hit the microphone. It's okay. You didn't hear it. <laughs> um, yeah, I played Meredith. She started out as the receptionist at Sterling Cooper Draper Price and then somehow worked her way up to the big boss man's personal secretary, Don so Draper. Right. How was, what was that audition like for you? Was it just like a casual call for um, a possible recurring? Because I know we get those a lot. It'll say it's like a co-star, but it's a possible recurring, which of course your heart skips a beat a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Um, I wasn't going out a whole lot theatrically. Mm-hmm mostly just commercially at the time, Mm -hmm. and got the call from my agent. Of course, I was thrilled, mostly just to have an audition. Sure. (laughs) Um, It was a, you know, a perk that it was for Mad Men. And I actually had a date planned that night Mm -hmm. with a guy, and I had to cancel. Oh. Because I had to prepare. Did he understand? He totally understood. (laughs) I don't think we went out again. Oh, we no. may have gone Maybe out one more time after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd never seen the show. Oh. I was not. You were not It was not on it? my radar. You know, it's at all. a. It, I found that it's a show that um, it doesn't appeal to everyone, but I feel like if everybody watched it, they would like it. Because we tried, when we first started watching Mad Men, the first five episodes or so were like a little slow. They mm-hmm. were a little heavy and dramatic. And we were like, kind of, where is this going? You know, um, but then something happened around like the fourth or fifth episode. And it was like, oh, like something clicked. And we were like, we get it. Yeah. This man is the antihero. He is so interesting and dark, but you're kind of rooting for him. Mm-hmm. And it's strange. So that's when we got hooked is, is in the first season and then we watched we binge watched it we didn't watch it from the beginning when it was live we probably started when it was in about season three on Mm -hmm. netflix loved it i know it's such a good show so good my parents were big fans oh really from From the beginning one oh wow and they had told me about it and i was like nah well my parents (laughs) liked it why would i like it 60s i wonder if it's a generational thing maybe i mean i think that has a lot to do with it Mm -hmm. so but then when i got the call for the audition I was a good little actress and Mm -hmm. sat down and watched an episode so I knew the tone and the genre and all that stuff and I was like wow this show's pretty good yeah yeah so then you know auditioned it was just a pre-read with the casting director and then she asked me to come back later that day for the producer session who cast Mad Men it was Schiff Audino oh Schiff Audino that's right yeah so I had to drive all the way downtown yeah which you know it's a feat in and of itself I was working in retail at the time so I had to you know change really quick in the bathroom and then get in my car and drive downtown and then I went back to my retail job and then I went back downtown. I was like all <laughs> over the place that day. I mean, you got to do what you got to do know. You know, for those auditions. It's nice that your real t- retail job let you do that, though. It was nice. Yeah. yeah, I was really lucky. And that night, 
they my agent called and I was put on hold and a week later I was working wow and then three years later I was still working because you started in season four or five 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 okay um and it was start off to be a small part when did you know when you were on set that it was going to be a bigger part or was it just a total surprise yeah I never I never knew even when we were shooting the final seven episodes Mm -hmm. which watching back I'm in it quite a lot yeah you are but shooting them it didn't seem like I was in it that much was it because you were only there for like a couple days at a time and then it would be a week or two later and you come back Mm -hmm. I see it seemed like it you know had kind of been the whole time like seen here seen there yeah, like yeah. I knew my it had gotten a little bit bigger because I was now his secretary but I didn't think a whole lot of it like I remember talking to Matt mm-hmm. Weiner the creator of the mm-hmm. show on set it's one day. not Weiner though it's not Weiner <laughs> it is Weiner it is Weiner yeah <laughs> every time I see that I'm like Haha, his name's Weiner and my <laughs> husband's like you are a four-year-old <laughs> yeah Matt Weiner got it and um we were talking one day and he was like, just wait until these last seven episodes come out. I think you're going to be, you know, like happy. swarmed and happy oh, wow. and you're going to so get a great. lot of attention and a lot of love and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, you probably say that to everybody. <laughs> you say that like, to all the secretaries. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't really think much of it. And then mm-hmm. I'm telling you, once those episodes started airing, it was, I mean, it pretty much changed my life. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's been all good since then. So I wrote him an email telling him that he was right. Oh, that's so And he nice. was like, I know, I'm always right. Oh my gosh. And then you're like, and what else are you working on? I know. <laughs> Hire me again, please. Um, I can't imagine what that would be like. I've heard stories like that happening to actors before where you get that co-star part and they say, oh, we might bring you back. You just never know. And then you do get brought back and you got, you get a great storyline and you know, the know. writers just really take care of you. And it's so special and so... Um, wonderful when it happens and uh so when it was happening to you like what did you feel extra pressure at the time or were you just sort of like yay I get to do this part for another time or like yeah I was just thrilled to I never I don't think I ever felt any well I mean I was always nervous and there was always that pressure to Mm -hmm. just be on top of your game I mean it is Mad Men and especially the episodes that would be directed by Matt you know you want to just were they different than the other episodes I feel like there was a little bit more pressure when he was directing. Sure. Did John Slattery um, direct an episode with you? Did I read? He did. He directed a couple mm-hmm. season six. Oh, he is just the, oh my gosh, so he's funny. Great. And he's also so handsome. I know. Oh my gosh. And we'll so get to John Hamm in a second too. But like John Slattery, every single time, it's like you want to be friends with that guy. You want to like, I, I don't know if he's really like that in person or not, but I I imagine that there's a big part of his character that was like that. He's very funny in person, mm-hmm. very nice, very interested in things that you're doing. He would always ask me what I'm up to. Oh, nice. I felt so lucky that I got to have that final my final scene was with him and Beth Hall who plays Caroline Mm -hmm. and I remember Matt telling us that because I wasn't I was told that episode 12 would be my last so I finish episode 12 I'm saying goodbye to everybody I gave John Hamm a picture of the two of us that I had printed out like I prepared a little speech to give after they yelled cut 
And then they were like, okay, that's a an episode wrap for Stephanie. I was like, no, that's a series wrap. I'm done. Everyone told me, like, this is it. And then I ended up coming back for the final episode, which was oh. such a nice surprise. Yeah, totally. Especially because I feel like they needed to put, they needed to wrap up Meredith's storyline a little bit. They needed to put a little um, something on her. Like, even though you're sort of let go, I mean, mm-hmm. in a good way. You know, it's like, I don't want to say you were fired, but like, um, you just sort of wonder, did he bring her back? <laughs> do you think people, you, do people ask you that? Do you think like maybe in the future, like he, once he comes up with that brilliant Coke idea, oh, he's yeah. like, oh, I need Meredith. I think he brings her back before the Coke ad. Oh. Oh, yeah. As soon as he gets back to New York. Oh, for sure. She's probably back. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Handling his life again. Yeah. And, but then there's also been speculation that maybe Meredith goes off to Jones Company. Or, although I don't know about that. After the whole airplane incident, I don't know if they would ever, she would ever hire Meredith. Yeah. But who knows? Or maybe Meredith just goes off and does something totally different. I feel like I, I feel like I want Meredith to be back with Dawn. Um, in my own fandom world (laughs) in my own mind they had a nice relationship they did it was Mm -hmm. so fun and i love that you got to have that weird kiss hell yes (laughs) because literally i think everybody went what so awkward it was so awkward but lovely like because your character was so sweet and Mm -hmm. like you just were sort of rooting for her but at the same time you're like ooh, it's that it's that same feeling with like steve carell on the office whenever he was playing michael scott you just sort of go oh stop it you're embarrassing yourself but i like that i like when tv makes me uncomfortable and characters make you a little bit uncomfortable because it's sort of endearing Mm -hmm. especially in a world like mad men when everything was so serious you have to have those lighter moments oh yeah because there were some episodes that were really really heavy Mm -hmm. um one of my favorite episodes was with peggy and don in the office and they basically shot the whole thing in the office uh their uh don's office and it was just super um, dramatic and they went from like moments of levity to Mm -hmm. dark you know heavy moments and it just really showed their relationship a lot i i the writing on that show was just phenomenal. So good. Um, so, okay, go back to the kiss with Don Draper. Oh. Go back to the kiss with John Hamm. I'm sure you've been asked about this a, a, a thousand times. <laughs> I, I wish it. I could relive it. It feels like such a blur now. Yeah. Because it all, I mean, it just, it happened so fast. So fast. How many takes did you have to do with that kissing scene? I think we did anywhere between 12 and 15 because mm. there were three three different setups there was a master and then from our coverage and we must have done three of four a piece wow um they did my coverage first Mm -hmm. so i could like relax then by the end (laughs) yeah i'm sure um and it was such a it was a late night and the very next morning i was leaving to go meet my new nephew oh yeah so it was a whirlwind emotional i'm sure i just he's just so handsome and uh i have a feeling he's just as handsome in real life he is and he also seems so like he would be very nice and funny even though he plays such a heavy um, character, I don't know. He, I've seen his comedy stuff, and he seems like he oh, would have yeah. a good sense of humor as well. Um, was that your impression, too? He was wonderful. He was so supportive and nice and just really – you could tell he just wanted me to do well. Like, oh, he didn't nice. try and 
take over the scene or right, anything right. like that. Like he really just wanted me to do my best and I was there that. for me. And afterwards, anytime, and that was our first like big scene together. Mm-hmm. We'd done some stuff before that, but mm-hmm. that was the first time. I mean, we like put our lips on each other and um and afterwards he just at least it wasn't like hi nice to meet you yeah exactly and then you have a kissing scene yeah oh my god yeah um so I just actually had that experience oh really Um, it was day two but I had to kiss my husband on the that, that movie, movie that Fear? I just did. Fear Inc. Fear Inc. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. And yeah, it's super awkward. So I weird. mean, there's nothing really romantic or glamorous mm-hmm. or anything about it. No. Mm-hmm. It's just awkward. I you just do it. Yeah, I um I don't kiss a lot of other people. <laughs> <laughs> For work or, or in real in life. life. <laughs> um, I've been married now almost 14 or 14 years going on 15. Is That's that right? Amazing. I just forgot for a second. I think it's almost 15 years. And we, you know, he's your, he's my man, my man, please. And I remember having to do an acting scene one time in class and my acting teacher was very like, um, I want to get everyone outside their comfort zone. And like, you know, Heather, I want you to feel like sexy and all this stuff. And I'm like, I feel sexy. I'm good. I feel real sexy. Yeah. And he's like, he wanted to do like a dramatic improv, uh, improv. Uh, where we kiss each other at the end. And I was like, I don't really want to do that. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I know we're supposed to be actors and we're supposed to be able to just uh, kiss anybody or be in love with anybody. And that's your scene partner. And, but it's still so awkward for me. That's, that's where I, as an actor have, I struggle a lot. Yeah. Getting outside my comfort zone with, with romantic scenes. I mean, it's, I don't think it ever becomes comfortable. Mm -mm. I mean, maybe the more you do it, I don't know. I haven't had to do it that much, but yeah, it's going to be awkward, but I don't think, I mean, I don't know if like a classroom is the right setting to have to do that. I mean, if you're getting paid yeah, and you're going to be in a movie or a TV show, like, of course you're going to do it. You're (laughs) going to suck it up and do it, but a class... I don't know. I've never been in a class where I've had to do that. And I don't think I'd want to. I know. I think we did it one time. And then I was like, I'm good. I feel really good about it. I feel mm-hmm. really, I'm fine. And I did not <laughs> want to do it again. Yeah. I was like, okay. Plus the guy had like a beard and Ooh. it was just yucky. Yeah. Um, I mean, and if you don't have to, I don't know why you would. Yeah. It, I think it was just this particular acting teacher trying to, you know, push us to new boundaries. You know, there's there's yeah. those acting teachers that want to do that, which, you know, I, I understand. I appreciate. But I just don't know that that's an area that... I need to be pushed in. Mm-hmm. Well, there are those, I mean, I don't know if these are actually true, but those urban legends of the classes where you go and they make you take your clothes off. What? Does that exist? I don't know. I feel like I've heard so many stories And they about probably that. charge you $600 a month. <laughs> yeah. It's some outrageous amount. And it's to, you know, just be your most comfortable self and this oh and God. that and get outside your comfort zone. And like, that's fine, but... I'd rather take a stand-up class to get outside sure. my comfort zone, yeah. not oh, like absolutely. strip in front of other people. My like, comfort zone is sweatpants. I don't see how pants. that helps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm totally comfortable right now. I'm in my sweatpants. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, the acting classes are very strange. Do you take an acting class right now? I do. I'm taking the first level at Groundlings because mm. I do like getting outside my comfort zone. Yeah. I think it's what made important. you go to Groundlings? 
because I've done everywhere else. <laughs> I've taken class everywhere else. Oh, yeah. You've studied at UCB before, right? I you- did UCB. I took a class at IO West. Mm-hmm. So- what did you think about the difference between the two, UCB and IO? Those are big acting schools or big, I should say, improv schools out here. Yeah. UCB is having a huge um, go of it. Like their new facility is yeah. massive and lines around the block for people to get in and see the shows. And I think it's mostly acting students who are going uh, because they're new actors because they're hearing that's where all the new talent is being farmed from that's what it seems like um I liked UCB I only took two levels there and then it was absolutely impossible to get into the third level because it's they only give so many classes yeah like you literally had to sign up within seconds of them opening the class so then after that I was like okay I'll just you know go somewhere else I liked it. I liked UCB because it is very slice of life. Did you get on a team there? An improv team? No. Or a no, sketch team? I never got that far. Mm-hmm. I'm at level two right now um, thinking about going to level three. I can't decide if I want to do more improv because mm-hmm. I've done so much improv or if I want to go back to doing stand up. Mm. I'm trying to decide between the two. I mean, they're both great for different yeah. reasons. Did I you mean, take stand up with Jude? I did. <gasps> okay, because I was stalking your website and I <laughs> saw your picture up against the curtain and I'm like, I have oh, a picture yes. just like mm-hmm. that. And I was like, you must have done stand up with Jude. I did and I loved She's it. She's so great. She's wonderful. She's like this magical, like joyful, silly, you I know, know, I woman. recommend that class to anybody yes. everybody yeah judith shelton's stand-up class if you guys are in the la area and looking to um try your get hand at stand up comfort zone yeah get outside <laughs> your comfort zone and also not spend an arm and a leg because her class is very affordable and that's yeah. one of the big reasons i took it i was like oh i can afford this mm-hmm. and it was close to my house um but uh yeah she's great so you did stand up i did that at the end of last year mm-hmm. and oh, then recently. yeah and then i we met in the writing class. Yeah, I was going to say, is that how you got referred to the writing class was through Jude? Is that what you said? Or how did you end up finding the writing class? I found, so my friend Jill Alexander. Do you know mm-hmm. Jill? I know Jill. We took, a, um, we were at BGB acting studio oh. like a year and a half ago. I, oh, yeah. I don't know if she's still there. You know, I think she might be teaching over there now. No way. Someone had her as a substitute. I think she oh, might be really? oh, wow. teaching there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she's wonderful. I met her on Mad yeah. Men. Yeah, she's great. And she's kind of become a mentor of mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I don't know if she knows that but I think that and I pretty much just do whatever she does mm-hmm. so she had taken Judith Shelton's stand-up class so I took it and then she had taken Ed's writing, writing class, class and that's yeah. why I took it oh my god and I read her pilot that she wrote for his class and I was like oh wow because I'd been thinking about writing yeah and the stand-up got me in the mood in the mood to create a mood it does that like mm-hmm. because your uh, her writing exercise is really helpful yeah I'm sure similar to other writing um stuff in stand-up but it's certainly like get your mind thinking about yeah. jokes and what's funny and what you like and your um point of view mm-hmm. which I think that's something I struggle with a lot uh, is I feel like I have opinions, but I don't necessarily know how that translates to my point of view. And especially when it comes to comedy. Yeah. That writing. was a huge thing I learned in her class. Like I would come in and I'd go up and do my homework that right, you know right. we had done that we had to come in with. And she's like, Stephanie, I'm not really seeing any like strong opinions. Where are or you in there? Views. Yeah. And I was like, oh gosh, I don't, I mean, I know I have them, yeah. but I'm not good at expressing them. I'm really not. And that was huge. I'm mm-hmm. so glad 
Do you feel like it helped? Like, do you yeah. have a grasp on that now? Because in our writing class, your spec uh, script, Daisy and I talked about this on the show, was really good. Thank you. We were both like, I mean, honestly, the ladies in the class were killing oh, it. And we, I by mean, far. Yeah. Um, not to name names, but. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we had, um, Stephanie and I met it in a, uh, even though we have mutual friends, uh, we met in a writing class with Daisy. And. Man, I loved that class. I felt really inspired by it. But when I was on my own and not in the class anymore, I just sort of felt like lost again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you continued on and you took the pilot class, I right? did. I took the pilot class right after we finished the spec class. I think, I don't even think there was a week. No, yeah, it went right into it. And it was great. Ed Lee is an amazing teacher. Yeah, he's really good. And he's so supportive and nice and... Doesn't make you feel bad mm-hmm. if you don't, you know, get something stuff in. or you're not yeah. like the, the most funny mm-hmm. or you know what I mean? Yeah, he's really good. I actually had lunch with him maybe about a month ago. Oh, really? I did. We wanted to catch up and I felt like I needed some almost like a kick in the pants to get sure. writing again because honestly, I mean, I I think we kind of had the same experience once the class is over and I don't yeah. have a deadline. Yeah, I don't write. It's that deadline. Yeah. It helps <clears throat> It helps me with this podcast because mm-hmm. if I know I have someone coming over uh, <laughs> to yeah. tape it, I'm like, I got to clean my house. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm like, I got to like get everything ready to go and yeah. like do my research and all of that because otherwise then I'm like, oh, I got time, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And it, it's totally the same thing with my writing. Um, My blog that I'm trying to do, I don't want to be like – every day posting something. I don't know that I have the energy or the ideas enough to be that kind of a blogger, Mm -hmm. but I would, I wish I had the discipline enough to sit down and write more consistently, consistently. Yeah. Um, are you finding that you're still struggling with the writing now that your class is over? Have you gone back and revisited your pilot or your spec? I have not picked up the spec since class ended and the pilot I picked up maybe once or twice after the class ended and haven't touched it since. I know, which is such a shame because I wrote a whole pilot. You wrote a pilot and it was an original idea Uh and all of your original work. And yeah, yeah, so. I mean, that's not to say I can't go home today and pick it back up. But I found that the first draft, which Ed calls the vomit draft. Yeah, the vomit draft. Is the easiest because you can pretty much write whatever. Yeah. If it's bad, it's fine because it's your vomit draft. It doesn't matter. It's right. when you have to start going back and revising. That's yeah. when you actually have to start being creative mm-hmm. and funny. And that freaks me out. And Working. It, did you write a comedy? Is that what I you're did, writing? yeah. And, and you have to try to figure out. My thing is it's like I have such a specific sense of humor. It's a little dark. It's a little blue. It's very sarcastic mm-hmm. and like – um not everybody appreciates it. Not everybody gets it. Um, so my thing is, it's like, I could be sitting here writing away and just be writing like really mean, nasty stuff. And someone would read it and go, this is horrible. Like, you're so mean. Yeah, but it wouldn't but another necessarily... person would love it. Would love it. Yeah. Right, right. My friend Rachel um, said, you know, because I mentioned that to her about the podcast. And I was, I was kind of afraid at first, like people would be like, oh my God, this girl is kind of a bitch. And I... She goes, well, then those aren't the people you want listening to your show. And I'm like, oh, fair enough. Yeah. That's a good point. I have to remind myself, I'm not going to be for everybody. You're mm-hmm. not going to be for everybody. And our writing style certainly wouldn't be either. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Like, not everybody loves transparent. 
it's a great show, mm-hmm. you know. Not everybody loves the Golden Girls. They should. I know. Come <laughs> on. I mean, not everybody loved Mad Men. I know. I mean, yeah. It's yeah. Just yeah, you can't please You're, everybody. You can't please everybody. I think though that that's the trouble that major network sitcoms have. Um, or maybe not trouble. Maybe that's what they're doing right. Like your big Chuck Lorre shows mm-hmm. that have been on for a decade or more, the half hour comedies, because they do have a formula that generally pleases everybody. Yeah, that's true. I just went to a taping of the show Mom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because your friend's on it. My friend Beth Hall is yeah, on it. Yeah, She's amazing. Talk about. And she's a series oh, regular now, right? Yeah. And talk about like a wonderful story. She had gone on the she was on the show once last season mm-hmm. as because, a completely different part. Oh, they wow. cut her part an hour before the show, <gasps> but she still had to be in as like kind of like a background person because they oh. cut her lines. Oh, no. And so she's sitting there while they're taping and you know being so nice and lovely oh. and gracious. And everyone was saying how much they loved her and they want her back, yeah, like for sure. As an actor, that's so heartbreaking when you I find know. out you've been yeah. cut. Oh. I know, but you still have to sit there and watch the whole episode. Oh, yeah, I know. And then they, like, I guess maybe a couple episodes later, they had written a new part. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't like to think that they had her in mm-hmm. mind, but obviously they did. Oh. And they gave it to her, and now she's a series regular. Oh, I mean, see, that's so great. Yeah. And I think the part originally started as maybe a one line mm-hmm. type deal, and then it's just grown. So I've been having this thing you never know. You never know. I've been having this debate lately with some of my actor friends who are doing really well. They're booking guest stars. They are working a lot. And they're saying, um, no, don't do the co-star parts. Mm -hmm. Turn those down. Like I even have some friends who've been out here for 10 years or more who are um, like, "Ooh, no, I don't do one and two line parts. Yeah. Well, I'm like, well, excuse me if you (laughs) if you don't need to work fine. Right. Um, It's still a job. It's still a job. The, the struggle is, I think, with those parts that could transition into something larger because you never know. Um, also, you're meeting people on set. Like you're meeting director, producer, executive producer, other actors, Absolutely. PAs. I'm not meeting anybody sitting on my couch. Mm-mm. And that's my issue is it's like I will gladly go out and audition for this part. Um you know, knowing that someday I I will have to turn down co-star parts if I'm a, get to be a serious regular on something. Sure, but I'm not at that point now. I'm not a household name. Nobody yeah. knows who I am, so I'm more than happy to go out and play your smaller part in the hopes that you'll remember me maybe for something else down the road. It's all part of the networking. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I think then you know it can be a case by case basis. You know, you get an audition. I mean, maybe if you're only going out for that yeah you might start questioning it oh maybe they're only seeing me or if you're only going out for woman number four or something like that yeah Yeah. at some point maybe you do have to say I don't want you to see me like this yeah let's try and get some bigger parts and now at the level that you're at right now coming off of the success of Mad Men with Meredith do you find that there is more pressure on you to um find bigger parts or um, like, how is your how are your agents treating you in that way? Are they like, they, you know what? She just had a recurring on Mad Men. She really can't do this, you know, laundromat lady or whatever. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I since Mad Men ended, I have not gone out for anything like super small. Mm-hmm. 
if they sent me something, I certainly would. I mean, I trust my agents. That's good. So, but the stuff that they are sending me out on is good stuff. Good. Yeah. Good. It's good guest stars, series regulars. Great. That kind of stuff. So. Are you, do you feel pressure now to get on a show again? Like to be a regular on a show or recurring on a show again? I mean, I certainly want to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Totally. I don't feel pressure quite yet um I mean we'll see maybe I mean do you put it on yourself now. at all are you kind of like getting antsy because I know as actors like my last job that I worked was in May mm-hmm. and um but they're everything that I've done in the past year is just now starting to air so it kind of looks like I'm still like doing stuff and working or whatever but yeah actually the last job I physically worked and booked was in May but so you start to get antsy after a while, you start to be like, okay, you get super antsy. When's the it's next hard. one? Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, I just, I read something just recently. I think it was Dustin Hoffman saying that he still worries that every part, when he's finished, is going to be his last. I don't think that feeling ever goes away. Right. We and always feel like the last thing we do could, and it could. Yeah. That's the scary part. It really could. It really I could mean, be because you just you're. So much of this business is out of your control. Mm-hmm. Um, was that the Dustin Hoffman Masterclass? Did you watch that? Or was it could it have been from there. Or like a quote from him? Yeah. Um, so I had, uh, talking about that, being out of control and like you never know what's in your control. A few weeks ago, I had an audition. My manager called me. It was the same day audition. She said, you've got to get over to Radford Studios um, at like 3 o'clock this afternoon. And I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I have my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, uh, I, uh, called a friend and I said, can you please come over? And like, she's napping at that time. Would you mind? And, um, I raced out to, uh, Radford. I got there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I walked in, I signed in like you do. And I'm waiting. I'm like, this is weird. There's nobody here. I was like, it must be the first one. Okay, cool, cool, cool. (laughs) So I'm waiting and waiting 15 minutes go by and I'm like, this is so strange. Like no one's coming to check on me. Like I'm. Well but past there was my appointment. There was a sign in sheet. There was a sign in sheet, yeah. Um, and there but there was names on it from like earlier in the day, mm-hmm. like eleven o'clock and so and I was like, Okay, that's weird. And so I stood out in the hall for a second and the casting director pokes her head out and she goes, Can I help you? And I was like, Oh, I'm Heather Brooker, I'm here, you know, by three o'clock audition. And she was like, Oh, honey, we canceled the afternoon session. Oh. And she goes and I just stood there and I was like, For real? I was like, When? When did you cancel? <laughs> she goes, About five minutes after we sent out that initial email. And she goes, we emailed all the, we emailed everybody and let them know that it was canceled. Oh, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, that totally sucks so hard. Mm. So, um, but on the plus side, I got to talk with them for a few minutes because we joked around about it a little bit and, and they took my headshot anyway. And she oh, said, great. you know what, we'll call you back in for something else. Sorry, this happened. And, um, and I said, she said, what happened was, my whole point of this long story is what happened was, um, Earlier in the day, like right after they'd had that first session for this part, the writers changed it at lunchtime, took the rollout completely and made it a man. And so all these women had come in. There was probably like 12 or so on the sign-in sheet that had auditioned. And um, they will never know that that's what happened. Right. And it's so... Until they watch it. Until they watch it and they go, oh... It was a, yeah. it's a guy now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Which still doesn't make you feel that good. No, of course <laughs> not. Because you're like, oh, because you spend all that uh-huh. time and energy and, you know, you um, prepare and, you know, race oh, yeah. to get race to get to Radford. And 
she just the casting director was like you know what though it's so much of it is out of your hands and she's like it's not about talent most of the time and um it's about the production side of things it's about what the producers want and you know and she's like you guys as actors really have to just let it go the minute you leave your audition it's so much easier said than done yeah Mm -hmm. because it's it's your dream it's what you want and uh, And especially those times when you know you could be perfect for that part oh yeah and they just don't see it they don't see it they don't see it yeah it's hard it's so hard i mean everyone even my mother is like i don't know how you do it stephanie i could never do it i'm like yeah it's tough but what's my alternative go back to retail right right do you have a degree in theater i do um and you you went to usc right Mm -hmm. um I read on your website that you said your parents uh, are the reason you're funny. Is that right? I mean, I credit <laughs> it to them making us move around so much. Are you an only child? No, I have an older brother. Okay. He's not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> you hear no, that? He's, he's funny. Um, he laughs a lot. What's his name? My brother laughs a lot. Jeffrey. Jeffrey, you're not that funny. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here. Stephanie is way funnier. Um, but yeah, we moved around like three, four times when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And I think it just forced me to... Was your dad in the military? No, he was in radio. <gasps> what? So the company... He wasn't on the air. Oh, but still cool. But yeah, he worked in radio. And then he retired last year. But the company that he would be working for would get bought by another company. So we'd have to move oh, wherever that new company was. So yeah. we were all over the place. And yeah, it just makes you kind of develop a personality to sure. fit in in new make places and make and yeah make new friends and yeah. I don't know if I'm like that funny but <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's been working out okay <laughs> I don't know if I'm that funny yeah. um you are funny oh, um do you want to do comedy or would you prefer to stay with dramas because you have your character on Mad Men was so cute and quirky that it seemed very natural for you to do Oh, yeah, I love comedy. Being the comedic element on a dramatic show was so much fun. Oh, yeah, I bet. I mean, people would, like, sigh relief when yeah. I would walk in. They'd be like, oh, Thank God. Meredith's here. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> yeah. We're going to oh, laugh today. Yeah, it was great. Um, I would certainly love to do that again, but then I also love single camera comedy. Yeah. I've never done multicam. Mm-hmm. I would love to, especially after going to watch the taping of Mom. Yeah. Have you seen that show? I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. What an unbelievable cast yeah. of women. Yeah. There's Alice and Janney, right? Alice and, and Janney. Uh, Anna, Anna Ferris. Octavia Spencer. Oh, she's on the show now? Wait, mm-hmm. was she on From the Beginning? No, I think okay. she started last season. Okay, because she was on a different show, like called the Red Band Society or something oh, about yeah, yeah, yeah. kids with cancer, mm-hmm. which sounded like such a major. Yeah, bummer. I never, I never watched. I don't that. think that did well. I don't think anybody watched yeah. it. Maybe that's why she's on Moms. Maybe, now. yeah. <laughs> and mom. she's just, I mean, she's so wonderful to watch. Jamie Presley. It's just such a great group. Oh, Jamie Presley's of on there women too. That I was like, wow. I mean, I was getting like choked up, especially watching someone I know. Yeah be in the company of all those wonderful women and getting to do that every week and you know it took her a long time to get there Mm -hmm. so it was it was emotional and I was just so happy for her and I was like oh my god like that is the job that I want yeah it's so interesting because 
those are the jobs I feel like the multicam style of television that are sort of going away. Mm-hmm. They're not there aren't as, that many. There aren't that many being made, even, at least not on the major networks anymore. Like TV Land is doing some stuff. Um, Nat National Geographic is doing oh. um, uh, live action half hour comedies now. Mm. Isn't that crazy? I didn't um, that. All of the cable, a lot of cable networks are starting to get in on the half hour game. Yeah, multi-cam like game. TBS. Mm-hmm. I think they have a couple. TBS. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a great sort of setup for actors because it's, you know, it's it's the closest thing to a nine-to-fiver yeah. if you can get one in this business. Because, and live theater. And live theater combined because mm-hmm. you get that instant reaction from audience. Um, so many of my friends say, like, if they if that's their dream job, that they would be on a multicam. But yet there's so few of them being made. Yeah. Maybe we need to revisit your pilot and your scripts was it a multi-cam Mine was not multi-cam oh was it a single you know cam? ed specifically has us write single camera why is that why did he say that's sort of where the industry's going it could be that or it's just easier okay. to write hmm. single camera um i'm not sure hmm. why he had us do that but we all wrote single cam i feel like it may be easier to sell yeah just and easier to work on if you've never written a pilot before that's I'm not true sure. They're so much more expensive to make, though, and they take so much longer. Yeah. I um, I wrote a pilot once with my friend Ed Ackerman, and we it was a multicam, and it had, like, it was not the best. It had, like, we, we needed to, to go back and massage it quite a bit because it was sort of cliched. And <laughs> with multicams, there's this, you feel like you need to make every character broad right. and much bigger and, you know, wackier than they probably would be in a normal single cam setting and I think we maybe went a little too far with some of our characters um it's hard writing for television is hard people who do it is writing in general writing in general is hard yeah I mean one of the things Ed told me when we had lunch he was like you know don't worry about the pilot he's like you can pick that up anytime just start writing just get in the habit of writing write short stories write poems write songs just Mm -hmm. write Sorry, Ed. How's that I haven't going? done it. <laughs> How's but, but it was Ed. nice to hear yeah. that, yeah, I can just write it. I would love to take... What's I'd, holding you back, do you think? What's your... I Am I pressuring you enough right now to start writing again? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. The I mean, de- when is I it have, the lack of deadline? No. When I get into it, I get into it. And when I don't, I don't. I don't really have any excuse. Mm-hmm. I mean, yesterday I sat and watched three hours of television where I could have written for at least one of those hours. Sure. But I didn't. I guess yeah. I'm just lazy. I don't I know. Think, I, you know what? I get that way too, though. I think um, in my mind, I have so many ideas. I'm like, oh, I could write it. This would be a great show. Oh, this would be a great show. And I'll sort of jot down the ideas and then never. See, I'm the opposite. I have up. no ideas. Oh, really? I told Ed I wanted to take his class <coughs> again, mm-hmm. but I don't have any ideas. Hmm. I get, I, maybe one. I'm just not a good writer. <laughs> maybe acting is just yeah. where it's at. There's no pressure. You don't have to be an actor, writer. I think there's a lot of people who think, oh, I have to be an actor, writer, director, producer. Mm-hmm. And you don't. Like yeah. you, If you just want to be an actor, be an actor. Be an, you can be an improviser, actor, comedian. You but it does seem like you got to write your own material almost. Yeah. It just seems like that's... Now, isn't that what Jill's doing? Like she's... Didn't she take some meetings recently mm-hmm. with... Um, like I think Disney was or something. Yeah, um, I think she said some good stuff. Yeah, 
it's comes from, I guess, generating your own content. And mm-hmm. there's, I think, such a movement right now in the industry to look for female writers and the female voice, um, a big push for diversity. Um, how true that is at the top, you know, the upper echelon uh, shows on your major networks, I don't really know. But uh, it seems like there's a lot more diverse shows on the air now than mm-hmm. there ever was before. Yeah, I've lost out a couple parts because... Because of diversity. They, yeah, they needed to yeah. go with someone ethnic. Yeah, it's a Which big... Which un- I understand. Yeah. And there's, as we said, like there's nothing we can... That is completely right. out of our control. <laughs> if I could change it, oh, I would. But... Right, right. <laughs> that happens to me a lot. There's a couple of ladies um, who I see whenever they walk into the audition and I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> If they come in and they audition with me, I'm like, oh, man, I'm not going to get this one. Um, you know, and it sounds like uh, whenever I say, mention that to people, it sounds like, oh, you're complaining, but you get everything else. I'm like, well, I really don't. Yeah. You know, um, it's just the nature of this business. There's a big push for diversity mm-hmm. right now, which is good. It's good. Um, it's also, you know, can be frustrating if you're not diverse. So, which is, we're allowed to have those feelings. Everyone calm down on the internet right now. (laughs) We're allowed to have those feelings of frustration. Um, I mean, it's so hard to begin with. Then you add that into the mix as well. It's just, just another uphill battle. Another thing against you. Um, So where do you go from here? What do you want to do now? I know you said you want to be a series regular. Um, What else uh, are you working on? You're in the Groundlings? Doing Groundlings. I think... We're going on class five. It's very hard. Improv is so hard. Such a different way of thinking, especially groundlings. Compared they do to it UCB. differently. Yeah, they're really big on space work, space work, God, emotion, space work. character, yeah. all that stuff. It's it's been fun. I mean, I'm laughing so much mm-hmm. every class, but it is. It's hard. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, They're very strict where it's like if you don't start the scene with your who, what, where and your space work and your your eye contact, Mm -hmm. you have to do all of these things before you even start speaking. That's how it was when I took it. I don't know if they're still doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was like so much to think about. And my feeling was, was like, this is supposed to be improvised. Like I'm not supposed to really be thinking at all. Right. I'm supposed to kind of just throw it out there. But it's it's planned not to not think like it's like. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Improvising is... Good it's, improvisers are really, really talented. I know, because they make it look so, so easy. easy. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard. <laughs> and I have no desire to be, you know, like... A professional. An SNL. Sure. Like, that's not a goal of mine. Mm-hmm. I want to be on SNL yeah, as yeah. the guest, but not as, like, a player. A cast member. But I do. I think it's so important just to always be taking classes and you know pushing yourself and no matter how much you're working to still be doing that stuff if you if you have the time I also take my regular weekly class cold reading class oh you do yeah I take with Brian Reese oh yeah yeah I've I've heard of Brian Reese before I was looking a while back for an acting class to take and I I came across his name yeah he's great it's just a good workout once a week Mm -hmm. and it just keeps you keeps you going yeah because you do you get rest I actually took last month off when I was shooting this movie mm-hmm. and 
I had my first class yesterday and I could tell as soon as the lights went up and my scene was about to start that my concentration was off. Was and off. you just, you do, you get rusty. Yeah. I feel like acting is the one job where people think you don't have to do any work and you can just be able to do it. Well, and that kind of goes back to what we were talking about before we started recording is that today's industry is looking for the Vine stars, the mm-hmm. YouTube stars, the, you know, kid from Nebraska who's just like putting themselves on YouTube for, you know, makeup yeah. lessons or, you know, whatever. They're now becoming actors in TV shows because they have a, an instant social media following, which turns into instant um, advertising dollars if you've got eyeballs, you know, on them. And um, so there's a, a lot of people who don't think they need to yeah. take acting classes and, and work on their bad. craft. It is too bad. <laughs> It is too bad because for the people who are out here and who are studying acting and who are trying to get better and stay good and, you know, it's it's frustrating. Somebody comes along with as a Vine star mm-hmm. and, like, you made a six-second video and now you're on TV. Like, I will tell you that in my Groundlings class, I am a good... I'm not going to say how old I am, but <laughs> I'm a good probably 10 years older than most of the oh, kids really? in my class. They're yeah. like all like fresh out of college. Oh, and isn't that the Going to be on SNL tomorrow. Oh, no. Bless your they, heart. A girl, oh my God, she was so sweet. She had missed the class before and I, she was going to a concert. Of course, people, I had no idea who they were. And I asked her how it was. And the first thing she said to me was, oh, my God, I saw my favorite YouTube star. And I asked her for a picture. And she was amazing. And she was so nice. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh my God. I would not be able to pick out a YouTube no. star if they came up and introduced themselves to it's me. I'd be like, I don't not, know. It's just not. But that is what <clears throat> ev- the kids are doing. They, they do. sit and watch YouTube all it's day. It's the future. I, it's so weird to me. Like because the people on YouTube are not like, I don't know, they're generating content, but it's like, I go on there if I need to figure out how to like, um, fix something on my car mm-hmm. or, or like, convert like a file to yeah, MP3. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like something like that, like a how to uh-huh. video. I'm not going on there. Like, <clears throat> and maybe that's what these kids are doing. They're all doing like how to do your hair, you know, like Justin Bieber or whatever. <laughs> and everyone wants to know, I, I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe it's cause I'm old. And I'm, you know. Yeah, I mean, I these just, kids we didn't today, grow up with that. Yeah. These kids today and their interweb I interactions. Know. It's wild. It is wild. Um, although I do say I see the, I I, uh, I understand the need for it. Mm-hmm. I understand it. I get it. Producers want to make sure people are looking at their content and it's free advertising if you've got someone who already is an instant yeah. audience. Um, tell me a little bit about Fear, Inc. Mm, <clears throat> Fear, Inc. It was so much fun. My first feature. Mm-hmm. It was a blast. I don't know if you've ever done night shoots before, but they are brutal. I think on a commercial a long, long time ago. They're brutal, Mm -hmm. especially when you have like three in a row Mm -hmm. because you have your whole day and you're doing stuff and you're active and then you go to work and you have a whole day. Right, right, right. And you never really get much sleep Mm -hmm. and your whole body's off and doesn't know what time of day it is. And But it was a blast. It was a great group of people. What kind of character did you play? I played an East Coaster. Surprise, surprise. Um, A lovely girl. She's a wife of and a mother of two, I think. The kids aren't in the movie, but... And then, yeah, we come to, me and my husband come to L.A. to visit friends. And there's this company called Fear, Inc. Mm -hmm. The guy 
in LA already is like a big fright guy he loves yeah. being scared and okay. scary movies and all that kind of stuff and then did you ever see the movie the game with michael douglas uh-uh. i don't i'm a oh bad scary movie but I can't it's not ju- scary oh wait it's, it's so good what's it's the like game a, about so michael douglas gets this birthday gift from his brother mm-hmm. and it's like a game so the whole movie you know things like crazy things start happening but you know it's a part of the game Mm -hmm. but then you're like wait a minute is this real or is this still part of the game oh okay and like a thriller yeah it's so good you have so is this more like a thriller or is this like a horror film it's horror but it has a lot of comedic elements okay to it um i think a lot uh, the some of the better horror movies do they have a little bit of a a funny element Mm -hmm. to it because the audience their audiences like to be scared but also laugh yeah it's in the vein of a scream yeah or that type of movie or cabin in the woods like there are a lot of good twists in it and unexpected things it was fun it It was so much fun yeah and when is that going to come out like because you just wrapped it it probably won't be till next year yeah 2016 sometime i think their plan is to do the festival circuit that type stuff We'll be on the lookout yeah, for that. Yeah, it should sure. be fun. Um, I'm so glad that you came by Yay, today to talk to you, me. me this too. is so much fun. I um, Maybe when we're done, we can go into more detail about making out with John Hamm. I <laughs> mean, kissing John Hamm. No, no. <laughs> <clears throat> Just kidding. Um, where can people find you if they want to follow you on Twitter or Instagram? What are your social media places? Twitter, you can follow me. Let me get this right. Because <laughs> they're all different. Yeah. I guess there are a lot of Stephanie Drakes out there. Um, Twitter is Drake Stephanie M. Okay. And Instagram is Stephanie Drake One. Okay, so Stephanie Drake M. No, Drake Stephanie M. Oh, Drake Stephanie <laughs> yeah. M. Oh. So confusing. Um, <coughs> I'll put it on my website okay. too on Motherhood yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, Drake Stephanie M for Twitter and okay. then Stephanie Drake One for Instagram. Okay. And um, are you going to get on Periscope now? Too? I'm totally going to get, get on, on Periscope. The Periscope. Um, we Periscoped just before this, you guys. If you'd missed it, too bad. It's probably gone already. You'll <laughs> never see it again. Um, so everybody take a minute then. Go check out Stephanie on her social media stuff. Also, you have a website, stephaniedrake.com. I'll put all the links up on Motherhood in Hollywood so you guys can find Stephanie and get a little more information about her and her upcoming projects as well. And you can find Motherhood in Hollywood at MIH Podcast on Twitter and Motherhood in Hollywood on Instagram and um, don't forget to leave a review for Motherhood in Hollywood and iTunes you guys you have one week left to submit a review to be entered to win our September 15th drawing for the uh, Honest Company bath bundle and motherhood and hollywood tote bag i love the honest company yeah i do too i love it so much so you guys make sure you go and enter uh there by leaving a review on september 15th and then on the following monday's show i will announce the winner yay so you'll be basically famous you'll be internet famous (laughs) for winning um our first giveaway so thank you again stephanie i appreciate you. you coming i've had so much fun and we'll be watching for your movie to come out and lots of good things i'm sending lots of good juju your way send them my way may, may big shows come your way lady <laughs> <laughs> thanks again you guys and have a great week we'll see you next time bye Mama funny. balls when you don't go to geico.com car insurance can be hard like early 90s heavy metal art. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar! 
GEICO makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on GEICO.com or the GEICO mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything! When it comes to choosing a supermarket, why not stick to the facts? Fact is, Albertsons is just better. Nicer, fresher, faster, and friendlier. Come on in and see for yourself. For a delicious dinner this week, stop by the meat department and get fresh 80% lean ground beef, ground fresh in-store daily, just $2.99 a pound when you buy three pounds or more. And stop by produce and pick up sweet jumbo cantaloupe, two for $3. Fresher meats, sweeter produce, better deals. Albertsons. Fact is, it's just better.